Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 75 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer. My uh, normal partner in crime, Zach Tyler, is, is heading out of town on vacation. Even though he was able to uh, produce some write-ups on what action he saw Friday at Charlie Hughes shootout, we are going to discuss that a lot later this podcast, and we're going to discuss it with Chris Spillman. Chris uh, was there all weekend as as well as I as well as I, and uh, where we both got a chance to see a lot of basketball. Isn't that right, Chris? Yes, a lot. <laughs> Uh, how, what's your, uh, you're, so you're officially in summer vacation now. So what's, what's going on for you? And, um, well, we're at the, I guess we're at the end of June now, not the beginning of June. So how was the month of June for Zionsville? Yeah. Went well, I'm a football manager too. So very busy with both of go. those this summer. Um, but yeah, but it went well. We, I enjoyed going to like the Xavier team camp with the basketball team. And we had a football scrimmage a little bit ago at Decatur central. And we had a lot of, Practices went well, too, and it was all pretty good. The weather was – it got hot sometimes. It was pretty nice, too. There wasn't a ton of rain this month, too, so it was all pretty good. So. Good. So, when they when, in football, when they scrimmage, it's not contact, right? It's just like seven-on-seven, seven, or is it – or is there some, so, some simulation? Yeah, the earlier scrimmages, like in the early June, are seven-on-seven, seven, but these ones were full – not full contact. It's more like two-hand touch – you're down type of things, but the O line and D line are full contact and all that. But like when the receiver okay. catches it, you can't you can't tackle a quarterback. Period. In these so, types of screens. So the line guys are hitting each other, but the skills guys are just getting touched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty nice. much. Yeah, <laughs> okay, they try. Cool. Yeah, they make okay. sure that you don't tackle below like the waist either, because they don't want anyone to get knee injuries or anything like that. So right. Ultimately, that's where football's headed. Mm-hmm. To be honest, and that's what. Everybody's joking about why don't they just make it two hand touch? I, I mean, ultimately, I think that's where this crap is headed. Yeah. Um, so, with all the different safety measures that they they seem to pull out, anytime somebody else gets seriously hurt, they think of a new way to redefine what contact is. So, mm-hmm. I may be embellishing that a little bit, but it just seems like that's where it's it's going. So, I you know I don't know much about it. I was way too soft to play football, so I, I grew up soccer was my fall sport so anyway all right man we were gonna get we're gonna do some recruiting this is a huge week i mean and what and once i get done reading these zach normally does these updates he's much better at it than i am once i get done reading i'm gonna go through the ones that were just came out today um char you know charlie hughes after a week after the ibca top 100 uh two weekends in a row where college coaches were able to get in and watch kids especially since it's the first time since basically July of 2019. Um, well, I guess that's not true. They, they did get a chance to watch kids during the school season of 2019, 2020. Uh, but um, 
it just seems like we've been missing college coaches for two years and and really it's just been one but but a lot of these guys i haven't seen because um i'm coaching i was coaching middle school you know these, my guys were just freshmen last year so um this is really the first chance i got a, i got a chance to talk to college coaches face to face uh, other than sneaking onto a couple campuses and watching practice so uh, we'll get going let me, let me get these red off here and we'll um we might discuss a few of them, then we'll move on to the, the games we saw this weekend. So uh, Tayshawn Comer picked up uh, Southern Illinois, so it's a Missouri Valley offer. Ryan Conwell uh, broke through this week after a really good top 100 workout. Picked up his first and second Division One offers, uh, getting offers first from Indiana State, then from IUPUI. Isaiah Davis continued his parade of Division II offers and with picking up one from Lees McRae, a Division II school in, the, in uh, Virginia. Um, Jackson Edwards, again, a lot of mid-major interest in him. It's, it's kind of grown from low major to mid-major now. And he picked up offers from Milwaukee, which is in the Horizon League, and Indiana State as well. Um, Indiana State's threw on a couple offers this week, and um, Milwaukee has as well. You'll hear them name here pretty soon. Connor Sejan from Central Noble. Again, the parade of mid-major offers for him. Bowling Green, Milwaukee, Ball, Ball State, and Elon were all schools that stepped up and offered him this week. I honestly didn't know that Ball State hadn't offered him yet. I thought they were on board, not early, but I thought they were on board already, but uh, they came through this week with an offer. I, I will say, and you can talk about this later, um, we, we sort of talked about what we will talk about in terms of college interest and how much intel we like to share. But there were some high majors watching a siege this weekend, weren't there? The games you saw, correct? Yep, yep. Along with a lot of other coaches, too. Tons of coaches. Yeah, absolutely. But when we get to that, when we get to the games part of it, we'll um, kind of capture maybe the, the, the couple of high major schools that were, were there to watch him play. So... Uh, continuing on, Britt Harris, who is uh, was at Marquette Catholic last year, has since decided he's going to transfer to Don Bosco Prep School. He picked up an offer from St. Francis, a Division I school in Pennsylvania. Jalen Hooks picked up a couple of more high major offers in Georgia, Wichita State. Aaron Humphrey picked up his first offer, Trinity Christian, an NAIA school. And uh, he's going to be a kid that gets some additional interest this week. I'd be surprised if, if uh, he doesn't. Uh, with the weekend he had Carson Jenkins from Fort Wayne Snyder picked up offers from St. Francis and Huntington, both in, in the Crossroads League. We were big fans of that league, of course. Christian Nunn picked up an offer from Northwood, which is Division II school in Michigan. Sam Orm picked up a, his first Division I offer. He's the, so far, all these guys have been, well, other than Hooks, all these guys have been incoming seniors. Hooks, incoming junior. Sam Orm, incoming junior, the six seven junior from Carmel, picked up an offer from Indiana State. Billy Smith picked up an additional Division One offer after uh, Miami of Ohio broke through before the before the top one hundred. He picked up an offer from Army. Pete Suter picked up an offer from Ball State this weekend, uh, even though he's injured and didn't play. Um, and then Charlie Williams picked up four offers this week, all Division One offers from Milwaukee. Central Michigan, Stetson, and IUPUI. So any of those offers stand out or any, any of those offers you want to talk about? 
And I will say, I think that he missed one, which Judah Simfukwe from uh, Warsaw. Warsaw, I believe, picked up an offer from Wabash, I believe I saw on Twitter. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but I, I like the – I'm an Indiana State fan, so I like the Sam Orm offer and Ryan Conwell and Jackson Edward offers a lot. Yeah. Um, and I like um, Aaron Humphrey. That's – like you said, he had a. I saw him a couple times. He was really good all weekend. So I think that Trinity Christian will be the first of many offers for him. I saw Jalen Mullen for the first time this weekend too, and he was he was really good. So I think that that's a good early offer for Oakland City over there. Yeah. He's um, Jace. So a guy that coaches with us in in the summer, Jace Thompson, is is joined the staff at Oakland City, and he is. Um, that's the age group we coach. So we both have had a chance to see him play quite a bit in, in various places the last two summers. So uh, Jalen, Jalen's a nice player. He's, you know, he's a kid that's North Davies. They, they're always good. At least they have been for the last decade and a half, it seems like. And they, they usually have a parade of guards and that's no different than what they've got now. And Jalen, Jalen Mullen is, is, is right there. He's one of the better point guards in Southern Indiana. So, um, you know, I don't know the offers that stand out for me. I think, again, I sort of addressed it with the where it's not the offers he's getting. It's, it's the offers he's not getting, which is, it's not, I mean, he's got an impressive array of offers. He's going to have an awesome opportunity when it comes time to making decisions. But I'm curious if high major schools are going to break through and, and finally decide to go after him. So um, that's going to be the one. And then, um, you know, the the Tayshon Comer offer, you know, fresh off the Butler offer, he had a lot of guys watching him this week. And and anytime you get a breakthrough offer like that, it it tends to spurn new interest. And sometimes it tends to spurn offers from schools that have never seen you play before. But it definitely this weekend really piqued the attention of a lot of a lot of different coaches from the high major level. You know, and Cathedral's the kind of team they're going to have that attention anyway, uh, oftentimes. Uh, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see the week that he has if he picks up any more high major offers because um, I, I thought he played awfully well this week. So did you see Cathedral play? Uh, no, I think most of their games were at the Carmel gym. Yeah, you, so you spent all your time at, at Westfield? Yep, yep. Okay. And Westfield Intermediate for one game. Okay, yeah, that's no that's no big deal. You're obviously attached to the uh, to Zionsville and being where they are. Um, all right, I need to find this list again. Any other offers? I mean, the Christian Nun one. You know, what's interesting about Nun? Nun's a transfer from Liberty Christian to Christmas Addicts, and his. You know, he's definitely going to get an increase of competition. And he was a kid too. That was, that was pretty good this year uh, or pretty good this weekend. And he was awfully good this weekend. And he's, he's going to see a definite change in the competition level on their schedule because Christmas addicts is going to play a much tougher schedule than Liberty Christian. And and I'm sure that was part of the reason why he made that decision. But um, anything else before we move on, you like the Indiana state stuff. Um, how did Isaiah Davis play this weekend? Pretty well. He um, 
Nick Rehart has a stress fracture right now, or yeah. I, I don't know if it's about to be, or was about to be a stress fracture or what, but he kind of played a lot of the center for us, but he shot pretty well this weekend, rebounded really well too. And he had kind of became kind of the second option in the offense or so maybe. And he drove a lot more than he has and did pretty well in that area too. Rebounded well, especially in that Silver Creek game we played today. He rebounded really well. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a kid too that will have – I mean, when he was a sophomore in Zionsville, he was – most of his minutes were at the JV level. And, and then he obviously transferred to Greenwood Christian last year. And again, moving back to Zionsville, even though Greenwood Christian plays a good schedule, moving back to Zionsville is just going to get him a more consistent um, serving of, of talent, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the competition. So, yeah. well, let's let's move on to what we saw this weekend. Um, our format, we're going to do, first we're going to talk about five incoming juniors or seniors stepping into bigger roles. and then. Uh, we're we're going to go one at a time, and and then we're gonna then we're gonna talk about the three most impressive things you saw that we each saw this weekend, like performances, whether it be individuals or team performances, and then we're gonna talk about we're each gonna put out who we thought the best three A, two A, and one A teams were, um, mostly because I don't think the four A teams changed a whole lot from. I don't, I don't, I don't know that the the top four eight. I think the top four eight teams last year are going to be the top four eight teams this year. I could be wrong on that. There, there'll definitely be some new teams that contend. Um, but from what I saw, uh, Cathedral, Homestead, Carmel uh, were pretty much Warren Central. Even though I didn't see them play, I had a couple of people tell me they looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, lo- it looks like those guys are going to be. Uh, toward the top again this year so not not there'll be other teams that step up and challenge them Zionsville will be one of those but um but yeah 3a 2a and 1a will will be um will be quite compelling this year to see which teams uh, are going to be among the best but so why don't you start with one of the incoming juniors or seniors that you feel are going to that you saw step into bigger roles and, and what you saw this weekend yeah, I'll start with uh, Trey Schoen, who's a six-foot guard from Silver Creek. He played, he averaged about five points a game last year for them. And obviously, you know, they had Trey Kaufman and Cooper Jacoby. But this year, he was pretty much their number two option consistently. At some points, he was even their number one option when Northern was in foul trouble, things like that. But he's a really good scoring guard. He has a really quick jump shot and a good-looking jump shot. I saw him on... Saturday, the first game I saw for Silver Creek, and I, I was I didn't have the college coach pamphlet yet that has all the team rosters in it, so I, I couldn't figure out who it was, and then I figured it out, and I saw him again. He did pretty well against us, too, and he shoots really well, and that's kind of his – I think that's the main area of his game, just scoring, but he'll be definitely a second option for Silver Creek this year, and that's a team that lost quite a bit in Kaufman and Jacoby, so they'll need to – make up a lot of ground there. So, yeah. So how did Northern play? Is Northern on your list? Uh, he's not on this list. Um, okay. But he, he played, he played very well. He, yeah. I mean, he's, he's such a good finisher. Um, he, he, he was a little inconsistent from three. He's still getting there with that, but 
he had a couple times where you could, I mean, after he shot it, you could tell it was going in and he looked, but there's times where there were, there were shots where he had to do step backs, things like that, where I feel like he could have gotten a better shot driving or things like that. But yeah, but he, he definitely played very solid this week. So. Yeah. I'm going to take the easy way out for my first one. I'm going to go with Sam Orm from Carmel and I'll try to stick with the, the teams I saw at, uh, at Carmel since you were at Zionsville the whole time because I, I went back and forth. But uh, Sam last year really played most of his minutes JV until Christmas. And then the Bar-Reeve game, Carmel was having some COVID issues. And, you know, they basically were forced to just play a couple of guys that didn't normally get a chance to play varsity. Now, these were kids that dressed and practiced varsity every week. And obviously guys that were going to, you know, have a bright future. But, I mean, he had a great game against Bar-Reeve. Uh, his length when Karma was down, his length, along with Brian Waddell in the back end of that of the press, really made a huge difference too. So that that sort of launched him for the rest of the year. And, you know, he had some, he had some games where he hit some big shots because teams would just, um, you know, basically it was a, the fourth, fourth or fifth option out there you know, when he was in the game, and but always a threat. And this year he's, he's definitely going to be, you know, he goes from the fifth option to definitely, the you know, one of the top three options. I mean, they played this week. They played the whole month without Pete Suter. So really a lot of what they've been doing has been, you know, Charlie Williams getting a bulk of the touches along with Sam. And, you know, there's, it's, it's, it wasn't without struggle. Sam still, still struggles with physics, you know, with physicality. He still struggles with contact. Um, but he's a long, long and, and thin. He's going to get thicker. Um, so his core has to get stronger. But, you know, he's definitely going to have a bigger role this year, even when Suter comes back. And Suter should be ready to go. De- he'll be ready to go definitely by the time the season comes, unless there's a setback. But but he is definitely going to have a bigger role for Carmel. And, you know, he's, you know, those are going to be the top three, op- you know, the offensive options for, for Carmel this year. So. Let's go with your next one. Yeah, and this is a guy I believe you saw on Friday, um, Ethan McComb, uh, yep. junior from Santa Grove. He, I think he came off the bench in that first game, but, I mean, he was a starter. I've watched, actually. I happened to watch all four of their games, actually. But he, he was very consistently shooting well the entire weekend, um, and especially on Friday night they played Lafayette Jeff, I believe. Um, and basically him, him just – shooting the lights that really got them into the game, got his team a lot of energy. And I do you know if Taven Jackson will play this year. Yeah, I was, well, I was going to interject with what you said, because the, the one thing to know there for one thing, first of all, McCombs the best shooter in their program, or at least among the kids that are going to play varsity. So he's going to have a role no matter what. So you're, you're not wrong. He is going to have an increased role because uh, pretty much all of his minutes last year were at the JV level, but he's going to step in. And there'll be games where he closes. Um, he may not start a lot. They, they, had, they did have three starters they were not playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. They each were multiple sports stars who were doing other things. And, and Jackson was one of those. Um, and, and I'm going to not know who the other two are. Um, it was a weird year. I didn't watch Center Grove play last year uh, during the school season. But they um, – Coach Hahn had made a comment after one of their games that they had three guys that were out. And I, I do think McComb's starting spot will sort of be in play 
you know, just, you know, not that anything is secure in June, but there's no question he's going to get a lot of minutes. There's no question he's going to be a guy that they get, that they make sure he gets shots. And, uh, and I'll be very surprised if he doesn't end up closing most games. And for my money, I'd rather worry about closing games than starting games. So mm-hmm. he, he's mm-hmm. definitely going to have a bigger role. So that's a good, that's definitely a good one. So, um, I, you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one, maybe because he's Logan McIntyre from North Harrison. He's, I mean, he's definitely was their best perimeter player last year for North Harrison. They had LT Hatton, who's, who was a tremendous player for them. Who's going to William and Mary uh, was, was definitely the focal point of their offense, but McIntyre was definitely their best perimeter player. And what's going to happen this year is their whole offense even though they do have size that they can run offense through because Ethan Oakley does a good job of, of, you know, playing within ball screen off, you know, ball screen action and dribble handoff action. Uh, they actually run some stuff for him, even on the perimeter. They, they put him in a couple ball screens, but, but McIntyre is going to be their guy and he's going to be, he was so tremendous this weekend in terms of his shot making and, and just the different ways he got into shots, his range, He's outstanding. He shot the, the, the two games I saw, he shot the ball extremely well from behind the three-point line. Uh, but but overall, his game, I think, will will take a big leap. And he's a kid, too, that, you know, I was looking at wondering why he's not got a whole lot of offers. And, again, a lot of these kids haven't just been – haven't been seen yet. You know, the, the, the last two weekends have been the first time they've been actually seen by college coaches. And what I would say for him is uh, he's – I'm wondering why D2 schools haven't been involved, why NAIA schools haven't been involved. I think he's going to walk out of this weekend with some Division One schools, uh, definitely being interested in him as, as those schools have meetings. Because all these schools now, after these two weekends, will we'll be having like a series of meetings on Monday and Tuesday trying to determine what direction to go if, if they hadn't already moved on a kid. Um, so I think Logan McIntyre is going to be one uh, that, will, uh, that you'll see some increased traffic on as far as uh, – as far as college interest. So what's your next one, Chris? Yes, yeah, so this is another guy you, I think you probably saw on Friday too, but Josiah Kirk Williams from Lafayette Jeff. Yeah. Um, really good, good size point guard and shoot. He kind of is combo guard, I'd say, but he's going to definitely, I think would be the go-to guy. It's a Lafayette Jeff team that loses quite a bit. And he, he was still a pretty important player for them last year, but he was, um, I believe the third option scoring for them. Um, trying to remember, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I looked. So, so do you re- do you remember him from last year when they played Zionsville? We didn't play. We didn't oh, play them. Play. I, oh, I that's not a conference. Him. That's not a conference I, game anymore. Yeah. That's right. I remember him from watching their game against Carmel. That's what I remember him from in the regional championship. Okay, well, he was only zero for one that game, so I don't even remember him. Why? Yeah, playing that game. So, um, which is bad. It's bad on my part. I looked out there and thought they had a whole new team, and, and it turns out a couple of those guys were with them last year. They just didn't get a lot of clock. So, at least the game mm-hmm. I saw. So, but he was, yeah, he was impressive. So, what was your question? I'm sorry, you you, you asked me a question. Well, yeah, I, I was just the. I was just wondering, was he their third option last year, or was he lower than that? Or the only time I saw them was against Carmel. Yeah. And he didn't I can't really remember. Get, 
Yeah, he didn't get much action because I did look up some of his stats last year, some of his clippings. And you know, there were a couple games. It looked like maybe his season high was 12 points. Uh, but it was a game where Calicott was out and it looked like maybe he had to step up. I mean, you basically had Beaver, I mean, obviously Barnheiser, but then Beaver and Calicott, those three guys. So I would say he was no more, he was no better than their fourth option. Oh, yeah, um, you're right. Mm-hmm. But but he was as good as, I mean, he was the best player on the floor. And so a lot of us were talking about uh, Javon Buchanan, who was a Lafayette Jeff kid who moved to Kansas, who moved to Wichita, and now is back. And, you know, he was dubbed as a, the new guy. So there were a lot of guys that were there to watch this Buchanan kid, who I think is definitely, you know, someone we're going to talk about in the future. But the, the game I saw, which was against Center Grove, mm-hmm. Kirk Williams was the best player on the floor. I mean, he's definitely the best player for Jeff, even though this Buchanan kid was good. And, and Kirk Williams was engaged on both ends. And that's, you know, he was he was active on defense. Um, and then offensively, he just was all over the place. I mean, he just played so well. I was really impressed with him and, and was surprised that, you know, that he just – really didn't get a whole lot of burn last year, at least as far as production. Um, I just didn't, I don't, I don't know. I felt like I missed him, but nobody seemed to know much about him until this year. So, but my turn again, uh, my turn again, I think Jermaine Coleman with the seniors that they graduated last year, Jermaine Coleman, six, seven junior from Park Tudor. I think the guys that they graduated from last year, um, he is definitely stepping up and into being the the center stage of that team. Uh, He was really good their first game Friday night. I know he had a 22-point first half in what became kind of a blowout win for them. But he's such a versatile scorer at that that age, Um, shoots the ball well. He's, He's extremely long, can score off the dribble probably can post up a, a little bit if he needs to. And, and I think there'll be some opportunities for him to do that simply because he's just so much bigger than or longer than most of what's going to guard him because they do have some other, I don't know if size is the word I'm looking for, but they definitely have some kids that, that can play and score in the paint. Uh, so he'll have opportunities to post up on some mismatches, but, but definitely looking for him to be in a much bigger role this year than what he was last year, which was, sort of in between a second and third option. And that's not going to be the case this year. He's going to be squarely in front. So who was your next one, your fourth one? Okay, this one's more of a bigger name. Um, Chandler Jackson from Warren Central. I was yeah. just saying that he'll be definitely a bigger scoring and factor overall because last year Warren was so deep. Their coach basically changed the starting five every game or so. Um, and But I think this year he's obviously going to be pretty much a starter every single game. And he'll probably be the most consistent option besides Tay Davis for Warren. They're very good, but a lot of new pieces up from the JV team and a couple incoming freshmen that were playing some varsity this weekend when I saw them. Um, but, yeah, but he, he looked – I said this earlier in the spring too, but he, he's really getting more comfortable driving the ball um, and things like that. And he's, he's just going to be kind of that sort of second option for Warren next to Tay Davis. So, yeah, but he'll have a big, big increased role there. I think the next one, I lost it. Oh, my God. Where did I lose? Where did it go? Um, nah. 
I did. I lost it. Who was I looking at? Um, shows how uh, unprepared I was for this as far as at least writing down the list. Oh, no, I knew who I was going to talk about. Um, again, I might cheat a little bit on this, but Christian Nunn, we referred to him earlier when, he, when we talked about the offers. He's not going to get an expanded role because he was basically the centerpiece of their offense at Liberty Christian. Uh, but he is going to have a, you know, still a very big role for addicts. And he's going to have to, um, I, I think for addicts to be their best, obviously it's going to have to be hooks and him. And right now hooks is injured. Uh, but as, as, in, and, hold on a second. So, so none's going to have to do that at just a more consistently at a much higher level. And, you know, that's going to be – it looked good doing it this weekend. And I don't have any questions too much that he's going to – that he's got the talent to do it. I think what will happen is – what will change is, is what happens as scouting reports come out, people start getting film on him, taking away the things that he's really good at, which is just getting downhill and, and really bullying his way to the paint and bullying his way to the rim. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's going to be times where he's – facing longer defenders and he's, he's not just going to be able to power his way up. And, and so it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for him. Um, but he looked good this weekend and I think he's going to get a chance to prove that he's, that he's competitive or that he's going to be able to play at that level. So I right, give us, give us one last one. Then we'll move on to some of the better things we saw that some of the like impressive things we saw this weekend. Okay. Yeah. So this one's kind of like a, prediction but Tommy Hunt from South Bend Adams probably like a brand new guy because South Bend Adams graduated virtually everyone from last year's team but he showed up in a couple games last year but he he was one of the starting guards for them in the game I saw against um, Mount Vernon Fortville and obviously that's a they did not win that game because that's a very good Mount Vernon Fortville team but Tommy Hunt he was definitely their best guard South Bend Adams had um, and they have I've the I forgot the guy's name, but Tyson somewhere in his name. Their big man, um, is a Hunter Tyson. I think. I um, did, yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I'm so bad with South Bend Adams right now as far as their guys. Um, I mean, obviously that's Zach's wheelhouse. Yeah, he's really he's really tuned in with what they've got. You know, the the core of what they played last year were seniors. So, you know, as much as I didn't see those guys play, because the one opportunity I was going to have was changed because the weather. But as, as much of an opportunity as I didn't get to see them play, I definitely didn't get to see the guys that came off the bench last year. So, And I just saw Tyson Snyder is definitely going to be the number one option, the big man um, who averaged, I think, about three or four points a game last year. He was pretty much the only constant contributor that was an underclassman. Um, but Tommy Hunt was definitely the lead guard for them in this game, and he'll be a guy that's going to probably go from bench and JV to most likely a starter this year, and he'll be – Definitely his scoring and basically giving a little relief to Tyson in the middle. Um, he'll be kind of a big key for the success of Adams this year. So he'll definitely have a huge increased role this year, along with a lot of the rest of their team. So, yeah. My, my last one here is going to be a kid that I coach uh, from Evansville Wrights, Isaac Higgs, one point guard, junior point guard. Who last year was, you know, behind o, or he started for them. Owen Deese was their main offensive weapon. His brother Ethan Higgs was was also another guy they had. And 
And it, it's now a lot of a lot of his stats were inflated this weekend because <laughs> Gavin Shippert wasn't there. Uh, but but so far this month, Isaac has been pretty impressive in terms of um, in in terms of what they um, just in terms of his scoring production. And you know it'll be different when when he's playing teams that are more familiar with them than than the groups they played. It'll be different when they're playing teams that scheme and game plan. But I mean, he is consistently putting in twenty anywhere from twenty two to twenty six points in a game, even the games when Shippard's been there. So, you know, he's a kid that scores in a variety of ways, and and it's still at the same time, I imagine with Shippard and a couple, they got a couple move ins this year that have a little bit of size. So that's going to help him as it would any point guard. But, um, you know, he and Shippard are going to carry a lot of load for them offensively. And that's, that's definitely going to be something uh, that's, that's new for him. So uh, any, anybody else you missed, is there anything else you want, anybody else you want to throw out there before we move on to what we're, the other stuff we're talking about? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to add um, two players. So okay. first one is Trent Sisley, who is a very, <laughs> yeah. Very well. I just want to mention very well known 2025 yeah. athlete. But I will say I was even though I had high expectations, I was pretty impressed with how he basically was there. Now, they did not have JT Smallwood, who I believe was a decent factor in their team last year. But Sisley basically brought the ball up the floor a majority of the time for them. And it was really surprising for me because he's 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 legitimately six, seven. I mean, that's not an over exaggeration. And he's not that he's pretty lanky, but not super skinny either and he gets yeah. nice post moves and he shot a lot of threes didn't necessarily make a bunch of them which i think someone else commented on on twitter but he he has a high ceiling that's all i'm gonna say a super high ceiling for him um and then and then the last guy i really liked Bodie or Bo judge who's a 6'5 2025 guy from oh, oh. yes yep and yep. Him and his brother, I, I'm guessing it's Brody, I think. Um, yep. But Bode is has a really impressive frame. Both of them have great frames. It's, but Bode, yeah, Bo, they go Bo, – it's Bodie and Brody. Bodie and Brody, okay. Yeah, so you, saw, Bode, you liked Bodie better. Yeah, I like I liked Bodie a little bit better. I, he played more because Brody came off the bench um, in the game I was watching, and Bodie – that's hard to remember both of those. But, right. Um, but, yeah, but he well, was – Were really, they going – were they going five in, five out when you watched them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I don't know. I think, yeah. So I, that's why I was commenting because I don't know if you can really judge but much on who's starting and who's not. Because yeah. um, the game I saw, Brody was um, Brody was better, more active, uh, but he handled the ball a lot more than what Bodie did or what Bodie did. They they're they're similarly sized but have very different roles in the offense yeah. there, but. Both of them are definitely going to be big guys for Lapel the next four years for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we typically Zach and I have talked a lot about like not really discussing too much about incoming freshmen until they get like actual varsity action. But I, I will agree that that uh, the the Judge brothers are definitely going to be guys that are some of the better freshmen in the Indianapolis area, and and so far the early returns on Sicily is that he is the best freshman in the state of Indiana. So um, I, we've not seen a lot of kids in that class just yet, but I am, I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely an impressive kid. And he was, he looked good today. Actually, I saw them play against LaPel 
So I saw all three of those guys, um, both Judge brothers and and Sisley, go up against each other, and and it was it was cool. It was good watching them play. And but yeah, Trent is the real deal. And what you said, you you talked about expectation level. It was something that I said to his dad as I was walking out. He lived up to what expectations I had of what a freshman looked like, you know, against varsity kids, you know, um, he definitely belonged. He had, a, he had a good instincts and, and, and a great feel for the game, even away from the ball. But, but you're absolutely right. He did a lot of the, he did a lot of initiation. He brought the ball up a lot for them against lapel. And that's it, a, it's a big load for a kid like that to carry. And, mm-hmm. and again, he'll, he'll have to battle against scouting and, and, and game planning when he gets, when he gets, you know, a couple of games into his high school career. Uh, but he definitely looked good today. And, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be a kid that we're going to be talking a lot about here in the next four years. So uh, what, what were three, so three things that you saw this weekend, we're just going to rattle them off in a row. We may not expand on them too much, uh, but we might, but what, what were those three things you saw this weekend that really, really impressed you? Just, the criteria that I sent you in, the, in our text before we recorded. Yep. So first one, um, Richard Brooks, it was my second time seeing him. He played, I watched him both against Westfield and us. Um, but he started off the Westfield game with five made threes in a row and actually scored their first 18 points in a row after an and one after that. And then he started our game off with three threes in a row and just his ability to his shots really effortless. And he, he just was able to knock them down so consistently. I was very, very impressed. And he's he's going to carry a big load for them this year, along with their other the other two in the trio they have there. Um, and do you want to go one by one or do no go hit, yeah hit all three of them. Um, and then I was impressed with who I believe is a transfer to Franklin, Micah Davis. Um, yeah. How he really took some leadership and was able to be really clutch against Park Tudor and Franklin's comeback win over Park Tudor he hit two or three threes in the final minute or so and got them right back in and in Franklin I believe went 4-0 this weekend they didn't play I don't think they played any 4-8 teams but they they still won all their games and he was a high scoring guy at Indy Home School as a freshman last year he'll be a sophomore this year and should be a main scoring option for them um, and then while well, he he definitely did well against us but Dijon Craig um, he's a guy that I really didn't hear of much before out of Lawrence Central, um, but he hit a half court shot after basically being on fire the entire half against us, and I was really impressed by him too. So, yeah, those are the so three that, I had. So that was the text you sent me, wanting to know who that was. So, mm-hmm. right, you wanted to know who number yeah. was it? Number four was for them. Yep. Yeah, that's good. He's yeah the the uh, the Mike Davis kid was a kid that. Um, I believe at some point he was a center Grove kid and then he homeschooled the last couple of years, uh, which would have been his eighth and ninth grade year. And then ended up uh, down at Franklin this year. So new coach, Adrian Moss, uh, who'd been part of the Franklin program, um, played at Whiteland, but had been, but had been part of the Franklin program. I think he played at Whiteland. He may have played at Franklin. How about that? Uh, he'll be mad at me if I don't remember that, but um but Moss is the head coach there now, and so that's a nice little pickup for them. But, um, yeah, the three things that I saw that were the most impressive things I saw uh, were um, 
you know, Fletcher Lawyer from Homestead was really, really good against Carmel. Um, he, you know, Carmel played again without Pete Suter, and that's a big defensive weapon. I mean, as good as Pete is offensively, as versatile as he is on the offensive end of the floor, he's one of Carmel's best defenders. And as good of a defender as Josh Wack is, um, there's times where bigger guys can give him problems, and that's what Lawyer did. Lawyer could shoot over him, and he knew it. And, and that's a tough thing. Guys aren't always comfortable shooting over, you know, taking contested shots and being not only being good enough to do it, but being comfortable enough to do it. Um, guys like I mean, shooters like space. There's no question about that. And a vast majority of the time, coaches will preach separation, separation, separation. But there's guys that occasionally lawyers, one of them, a kid I used to coach, Sean McDermott was another one where they could just shoot over people. It just didn't matter. Um, I coach a kid now, Landon Beagle, who can just shoot over people. Um, and there's a couple of guys on, on my team that I'm trying to get them to be comfortable doing that uh, because they have the ability to do that. Lawyer understands that he is. and It helps that he's 6'5". It helps that he's long. His release is quick. But he was impressive. He did stuff to Josh, to Josh that I had not seen a lot of guys do. Josh Wack was a guy that as a sophomore – made Christian Lander look ordinary. Christian Lander, of course, is at Indiana University now. Um, and he, uh, I remember he had 21 points against Carmel at the Southport game, but but Carmel blew them out. And Lander really had to work. It, I mean, it was not a very efficient 21, that's for sure. Um, and I would bet a lot of it was late at the free throw line. But the lawyer did some things that I just hadn't seen done. And that was... And that's impressive because I've got a pretty, I mean, Carmel Homer that I am, I, I think most anybody would that watches them at all or has to scout against them would know that Josh Wack is an excellent defender and, and lawyer really got the better of him. And, you know, that's definitely something to look forward to when it comes time to looking at regional matchups again, um, because uh, there, there's a different level there with lawyer that I didn't see during the school year. So uh, the other one was, um, Aiden Lambert, depending on who you talk to, he had 48 or 50 against Lawrence North. Um, I didn't see all 48. Um, I didn't see all of his scoring, but I saw some of the show that he was putting on. And, you know, some of it was in transition. Uh, you know, Lawrence North, definitely a team in transition. They got guys that shouldn't be taking shots, taking shots. Um, they, they, uh, and sometimes those quick shots led to, led to fast break opportunities. And if there's any team that likes to run and jam it down their throat, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's Fort Wayne Snyder. Fort Wayne Snyder was one of the leading scorers in the state last year as a team. And uh, they, um, you know, they basically have everybody back. And Lambert's 48, Lambert just was just really impressive. So, um and then the third most, then the third thing I saw, um, I want to say just how competitive from a team perspective that Tenley was. Tenley played all four of their games this weekend against four A teams. And I want to confirm that before I definitely say that. I saw that in a tweet. So I kind of, I kind of caught my eye and I just stole the stat. Let me confirm that. Tinley definitely is not a traditional 1A team. There's no question about it. And, but 
it is what it is. They beat Pike by five. They beat Tech by three. They beat Bloomington South by two. And they beat Harrison their last game by 14. So not only did they go 4-0, they went 4-0 against, against, you know, teams that are that are going to be extremely talented this year. Now, South may be a little bit down, but they're always well coached. They also went 4-0 in games. Three of those games were, were very tight games. So that's kids performing under pressure. Now, we've, we've talked a little bit about Aaron Humphrey today. Jaden Pinkston, who's a 6'5 junior, was just outstanding against Harrison. Uh, he was he was definitely good against Tech. Uh, he and Reggie Bass were kind of going at it a little bit, uh, definitely verbally. And, and there was some, you know, you, you could even see a little bit of, of Pinkston not wanting to overstep because he was thinking, you know, maybe Bass is just going to take it to him or something. But but not and not that Pinkston or anybody like back down physically, but just in terms of his overall disposition, he was aggressive and he did not take a backseat to anybody. And and against Harrison, I mean it was it was impressive display of athleticism as I've seen in a while. And as and Humphreys had a really good weekend. We've talked about that, but um, but that Harrison game, especially Pinkston, really stepped up and just was flying everywhere and and being a menace defensively, rebounding the hell out of it on both ends of the floor, um, you know, and, and just he's just a guy that as his, as his handles start to tighten up and as his jump shot, he had two big shots against Tech late in, in what was, again, a tight game. Um, you know, he, as, as his shot just becomes more consistent and his handles tighten, I think that's a kid that you're going to start seeing upper level mid majors and high major teams really start to take a look at. So uh, his, his coach Omar Dillard was, was out, was back in the gym today, even though they didn't have games today. Uh, They played Friday and Saturday. He was at the gyms today talking to coaches and basically pushing his kids and um, you know, kudos to Omar for doing that. But, but the, the way they played those games, the toughness that they played, you know, that's, that's, you know, those are going to be teams that are better than what they face in March. You know, they're, you know, they've, they've, they're going to have, they may have that bugaboo with Bar Reeve to get over. Um, there may, you know, that, that'll be something they'll have to take care of in real time if, it, if that matchup comes up again. But, you know, they, they definitely uh, played a tough schedule this weekend and they, they went undefeated. So that, that was a great weekend for them. And that was as impressive a thing as I saw a weekend. So. All right, my man, who was the top 1A team you saw all weekend? Yeah, I'd have to say Tindley, but I will say um, I feel like I wish 21st, Gary 21st Century played a tougher schedule this weekend because then I could give you more of like an accurate gauge between the two. But um, but Tindley, I'd say definitely performed the best I saw against really good squads. And 21st Century, I will say they're they're incredibly tall this year. They're, they're going to be running a very tall lineup, and they're playing – Daleville when I saw them and they I think every position they had out there was four inches taller than the guy that they were guarding so but yeah but both of those teams are definitely teams to watch and that'd that'd be a fun state championship game if that ends up happening for sure so yeah I did not see Bar Reeve I know they they went three and one this weekend um they but my my pick is Tinley uh as well and I hope we don't choose each each choose the same three teams but but 
it's like I just said, they, they played a 4A schedule this weekend. I don't know how the IBCA handled the scheduling, if guys were making requests, if Coach Dillard asked to play better teams where 21st century coach didn't. Uh, Bar Reeve played up a little bit. They played – Bar Reeve's schedule was Logansport, Plainfield, Evansville, Bossy, and South Bend Riley. So basically three 4A teams and a 3A team. And Bossy gives them fits. Bossy – Bossy knows what Bossy and, and Shane Burkhart, their coach, they know what Bar Reeve is all about. So, um, you know, they're going to have a better feel for playing Bar Reeve. And the, the athletes they play with, um, they're used to playing Bar Reeve. You know, they're used to that. I don't know. They play them every year, but it does seem like they match up uh, quite a bit. Um, or maybe I'm just making that up. I don't know. It could be. Uh, but, but, um, yeah, I would, I would be hard-pressed to see. I, I, I don't know what 21st century had. I didn't see them. Obviously, I know they've got Ashton Williamson, you know, and I know they've got DJ Moss, and I know they've, they've got a couple other kids that are, that are pretty good offensively. Um, I, I think Tenley defensively is just a different level than what, I've, than what I have seen, even from them. You know, even they're a different level than what I've seen from them during the school year. Um, they, they've upped it up. They've amped it up a little bit and they bring, they can go big. They, they bring size off the bench. Um, so they can match a lot of teams size for size. So who was your favorite two a team or you think the best two a team of the teams yeah. you saw this weekend? I've kind of got two once like with an asterisk. I think it's when it's Connor season hits shots. I think yep. central noble is pretty hard to beat. Um, but there was times like North Putnam, I think was actually, beating them in the first half when shots weren't falling for him. But when shots are falling, they're they're very hard to beat. And then I Lynn Stockton was very impressive. They've got a I think they I think they kind of need to find a consistent scoring option other than Joey Hart. More con, like very consistent, but Lynn Stockton's got a lot of depth and a good looking team too. So I like both of those teams I saw. Uh, Central Noble is going to be my pick for, for top two a team that I saw this weekend. Um, there's not going to be a ton of variation from us, um, but but definitely, you know, the Asijin thing, the the, the you know, guard, the, the you know, they got they got length, they got length up front. They basically have length everywhere from two through two through five. Um, I was going to look up something here for you. What was um, what was the team you mentioned? Um, Linton Stockton. Oh, Linton Stockton. That's what I was going to look up. I'm sorry. I wanted to make a point here. Yeah, Linton. I mean, Linton would be my favorite to come through down south. Um, they obviously Joey Hart is a, is a kid that I like an awful lot, but you know they are going to have to get more scoring. But I, I think it's going to come from Logan Webb. He's going to be a guy that that has a bigger role for them. And then the, the, I think the guy they're kind of waiting on is Brandon Walters, who's six five sophomore for them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, it's been mentioned that they're really looking for him to be more aggressive, you know, offensively. He actually brings the ball up for them quite a bit, uh, so that's that's kind of a nice thing. Uh, it, it's a, it does relieve a little bit of pressure pressure off of off of Joey, and I, I'm not entirely sure what their guard situation is like outside of what Hart and Webb provide. Webb's kind of a mid-range guy who's expanding his game, but also strong enough that he can finish around the paint. Um, 
But yeah, I think ultimately Webb will be that guy and Walters will too, because there'll be a lot of opportunities for him in ball screen action as both the ball handler and the screener to, to get some opportunities. So look for him to, to, to assume that role, but yeah, they're going to have to, they're definitely going to have to replace the production of Lincoln Hale. And, but I, I think those two guys will be the guys that step up and do it. So, but central noble was, I think the most impressive two a team I saw this weekend. I didn't, I just saw them for a half, but just their personnel. And, and, and I'm, you know, look, it's, it's easier sometimes to get a feel for it when you're familiar with some of those kids. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw a Linton central noble state championship game. So all right, your favorite three, a team. Yeah, this one, this one was pretty easy for me. I had to go with Mishawaka Marion. They, the, I think the big question with them is scoring depth um, yep. because you've got the three guys who are – I mean, I don't think there's really a – I don't know if there's a better trio in the state than those three um, going into the season period. And which, which three? Say the three because we, we talked about Brooks, but you've not mentioned the other two yet. Richard Brooks, Deaglin Sullivan, um, and then Calio Kekalia, I believe yep. say his name, and – those three, and I, I told you this earlier. Um, those actually, I don't know if I said this, but those three scored all 78 of their points against Westfield when they lost a competitive close game, 78 to 86. Um, but those three, those three by themselves just make every game competitive. And especially when Brooks is hitting shots, that they can basically play against anyone. And like I said, if they can get, they have some shooters off the bench that hit a couple shots against us. Um, and I believe I saw them against LC a little bit and had some, but they just, I think someone else needs to kind of break through as a guy they can fall back to if one of those guys is having an off night, things like that. But their main three is really, really good. So, yeah. That's, that's not a bad one. I, they were, they were going to be, I'm not saying they were going to be my choice, but they were definitely one of the three teams that I was looking at, um, I'm going to go with North Harrison, and it, this this one hasn't been nearly as easy for me as the other as the other two. Uh, not that choosing Central Noble over Linton was easy. Um, I, I just don't know that 3A is what's going to be there just yet. You know, like who? What's this? You know, the it's been dominated so much by Silver Creek, and then really the best team other than them has been North Harrison the last two years, at least at least down south. And, you know, you're still going to have – and, we're, again, we're talking about teams that were in this event. You know, none of that includes Connorsville, who returns a lot of guys and is planning on playing – you know, they're going to play in the Hall of Fame Classic. So, fully expect them to be really good again this year. I mean, obviously. But um, my choice is going to be North Harrison. I mean, one thing I can tell you is that Le Coach Lefebvre will have them extremely competitive defensively. They've got Logan McIntyre, who's an incredible shot maker, who I think is going to just have a humongous year this year. And I think the development and, and just of Ethan Oakley, 6'8 kid who's, who's been injured. There's some questionable reports if, if he was healthy last year and just didn't get a lot of playing time. How much he and Hatton could have played together, I don't know. Um, but he looked good this week. Didn't look completely back, like polished, like have a, like in a basketball shape. Um, but his, his footwork around the rim is really good. He's got good touch either hand. Um, I've not seen him shoot the ball with range yet, so it's not like Hatton where he's going to hit a bunch of trail threes. 
At least that's nothing that they showed this weekend. But what really impressed me with, with Oakley was, again, they put him in ball screen action as the ball handler. And now some of that stuff gets scouted out and sniffed out a little bit and, and maybe becomes risky because now the guys that are hedging on that are, are lower to the ground and quicker. Uh, so that could be an issue. But you're, you're looking at, along with like Caleb Kellums, and they've got two other, two other juniors that will get a lot of playing time. I think they were missing somebody this weekend. Um, so they'll start three juniors along with McIntyre and Oakley. And then one of the kids that I think they play quite a bit wasn't there this weekend. And I love Kellum's versatility. He's a guy who can go out and score for them. He's, he's, he also is a guy that can, at six foot four, plays a lot of point guard for them. And defensively is, is pretty versatile. He can guard multiple positions. He's not a lockdown defender, but he's definitely, uh, I, I think he could be at the 3A level. I think if you're talking about recruiting, he's not a lockdown defender. But on, on their schedule and some of the teams they'll play, um, when he's not facing like just mega athletes, uh, definitely a guy that is a defensive asset and somebody who can guard multiple positions, including bigs. You know, he's if if they get in situations where Oakley gets in foul trouble, Kellum can bump down and guard guard a big kid. And you know, that's not gonna burn them a whole lot because the Sisleys of the world, the Kaufmans of the world are, are gone, you know? So those are dudes are not going to have to worry about facing in the state tournament. So um, not to say that Silver Creek won't still be a threat, but um, I don't know. I, I just like what they've got potentially because I know they'll be good on the defensive end just because of who their coach is. And I, I like what I, I see in Oakley and where he will be uh, development wise. And, um, and then I just love the way McIntyre played this weekend, and especially in the last eight days. I love the way he's played. So um, I think that's it. Any, anything else you want to throw in there? Any, I mean, if you got anybody like just shout out your Zionsville guy, give me one, give me one Zionsville guy that you thought really was outstanding this weekend. And I'd, I'd like to say one thing before I want to say the team that surprised me the most this weekend. And that was without a doubt, Anderson. Did you get to see them play? I did, yeah. And, and, and yeah. That's not that's not bad. Let's let I'll you you take that one. And I'll take a team too. Well, I was going to say the fact that they went four and zero against a decent schedule. They beat um, North Harrison by eighteen, Heritage Christian, which is one of the games I saw by thirty eight, um, and then Northrop, which with the addition of Jalen Jackson's very good. And then they beat. I was also watching part of their West Lafayette game this morning, which they won by a lot. Um, but the fact that they just were – they have pretty good size um, and they've got a pair of guards, Ty Willis and Amir Carson, who just fill it up. And, I mean, they I think that they combined for something like 50 against Heritage Christian I saw. And, they I mean, in the game they were just dominant. And they were – they were from a team that um, didn't perform super well last year, doing this well in the summer is very impressive. So, yeah. Anderson's, Anderson's been down. I've – you know, Donnie Bowling's the head, the head coach there. He's a Kokomo guy, so he knows what the NCC looked like when it was, you know, not maybe not at its best, but certainly still among the best two or three conferences in the state. And we could do a whole podcast on, on uh, NCC schools and how they've been impacted economically uh, with, uh, with manufacturing the base. But, um, you know, basketball is better in this state when the NCC schools are, are among the top. 
and the, the, the decline in, in talent in those locations, Anderson being one of them, Muncie Central obviously uh, has not been very good lately. Richmond has been pretty mediocre lately. Um, but basketball for me, and, and Carmel always went through, you know, Kokomo has been down the last few years. Carmel always went through the Anderson Regional when I was growing up. And it was always Anderson and Kokomo because Kokomo was pretty much always guaranteed to win. And Anderson, it may not have always been Anderson Indians. It may have been Anderson Highland or Anderson Madison Heights. But there was always an Anderson team with, with Kokomo. And there was always – and Anderson was always three deep in talent. Madison Heights and Highland were always good. Um, and, and Anderson was also always good with them. And, it, and for me, basketball is better when Anderson is relevant in this state. And some of that is the wigwam, which is no longer in use, at least from a high school perspective. But it would be nice if Anderson could make a comeback. It would be nice if some of those guys stay and not transfer out to, you know, the what are now the county schools, which, you know, sometimes they're as big as Anderson. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's good to see Anderson, you know, playing well. And I always hated him when I was a kid because, you know, you hated anybody that beat your team. But then you, you realize you grow an appreciation in some of these places um, with the traditions that they have. It's just better when Anderson, Kokomo, Muncie Central, Marion, Richmond, you know, Lafayette Jeff obviously has been good with, you know, with under Barnheiser. It's just better when those schools are among the top schools because um, they're right there with them. That's just more competition. It's more intrigue. And, um, you know, we know the Marion County schools and the, the Donut Counties are going to be good. Um, because they've grown in enrollment, um, but it's it's really nice to see Anderson looking good. Yeah, you were you're right on. I, I got a chance to watch them play Friday night, and and they were pretty impressive. So, all right, man. Well, that's it, Chris. Uh, what do you got coming up this week? Moratorium week, so you got a week off, don't you? Not yep. Just working two or three days this week. We have a lot of time off, so it'll be nice. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And as Zach likes to say, that's not just for basketball, that's for anything. Chris Hawkins, the athletics director and boys basketball coach at Christmas Addicts, uses it up and down his program. And Zach uses it a great deal during the season for, for our website as well. Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. So for those that uh, listen every week, we appreciate it. For those that are listening for the first time, hopefully you're subscribed and come back and listen again. Chris, appreciate your input. Yep, no problem. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks. Thanks.